What's up, everybody? It's Rob. It's actually Monday that I'm recording this. Monday, the 19th of April, 2021. I'm actually sitting in my car right now, um, watching my youngest son have his first organized football practice ever. Uh, He missed last season, uh, partially because of COVID. A lot of the the clubs around here were kind of shut down, not allowing new members. Um, But he's trying out next month but he's getting some practice in they told us we could bring him out let him you know practice some of the kids his age um he's a 2011 so uh, which is kind of funny because he's one of the tallest kids on his team um you know my little one he's he's pretty tall which is you know i guess good for him or it could be bad because they may try to throw him in goal automatically Uh, but he seems to be having a good time he's running around he's jumping interacting with all the kids uh, he seems to be having he seems to be having fun. He's nervous coming over here, but he seems to be having fun now. So, um, but yeah, I'm sitting in my car watching this practice, and I've been, you know, looking at the news on social media, and all the news it's in the sports world at least in the football world I should say has been about this European Super League. Uh, where do I start with this European Super League? So I've been doing this podcast now for almost two years. And the concept of a European Super League has come up probably two to three times just since I've had the podcast. Uh, I guess, you know, there's arguments for the Super League, but there doesn't seem to be as many arguments for as there are against. Um, I can't really uh, explain or understand why someone would want to have a European Super League. I, I get, you know, from a a certain fan's perspective, you know, you wanting to see Liverpool play Real Madrid, you know, multiple times a season or Barcelona playing, I don't know, Juventus or, you know, whoever, the Milan Derby multiple times a year. Um, but me personally, I don't think having a closed league in football is beneficial to the fans. So I've, I've, one of the things that I've heard a lot of people talking about is how the Premier League basically started under like the same type of conditions and, you know, look how good the Premier League is now and blah, blah, blah. But the difference is the Premier League brings in a lot of money that gets pushed down to the lower ladders of the pyramid of English football. In addition, another difference, this was only one country that was being affected Another difference is that even though it hasn't happened yet, some of these, the big six clubs at least, um, they still have the potential to be relegated down into the championship. With this proposed European Super League, there will be no relegation for the original, I think, 15 members. It's supposed to be a 20-team league, but for 15 members, there would not be relegation. Now... Arsenal, Tottenham, they're right now not in a position to where they'll be playing European football next season unless Arsenal wins the Europa League and Tottenham got knocked out recently by a club whose coach was arrested the day before their Europa League match, you know, um, I, I see this as nothing more than a money grab. I would love to be able to see, you know, to have nothing but top clubs, you know, in European football constantly playing each other. But 
at what cost to the the team the lower level teams you know there's still always that possibility that burnley is going to beat liverpool or man city or whatever you know there's always a possibility that a small team atalanta for example making it to i think they made it to the quarters in the champions league in, like recently and now they want to take this European Super League and essentially make it the new Champions League. And basically you would have 15 teams and then five teams that would be able to get promoted and relegated out of the league um, would always be the constant champions of club level football in Europe. And uh, it, it's 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 just disappointing. And what's his name? Florentino Perez the president of Real Madrid, um, he he's like the main culprit. Now, I'm an American. Closed league sports are, you know, franchises are the big thing here in the U.S. NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League. That That's just how it is. The MLS, we would love for the mls to have a promotion relegation system with like the usl or whatever the mls doesn't have that because football is not it's not even a top five it might be the the number five sport in the united states right now and i would argue that it's probably competing against nascar to be totally honest with you for that fifth spot but the only reason we even have the mls is because the united states was forced to open or start a professional league in order for them to be able to host the 1994 World Cup. And now, yes, MLS is blowing up. It's getting bigger. Austin, Texas. Uh, Austin FC just had their first MLS game against the LA Galaxy this past weekend. You know, the MLS is it's huge now. Over 20 teams, it's, it's big, but it's a closed league. You know, yes, some people say the FIFA are protecting them because, you know, there's no promotion and relegation, even though I think it could be forced. And a lot of people would want that. A lot of American you know, football fans would want that. But I think that's something that's going to take a lot more investment. Plus, the game is not as popular. The professional game is not as popular here in the United States as it is in Europe. I apologize for that plane flying overhead right now. Um, I don't know. And now these American owners for uh, Arsenal, Manchester United, and Liverpool, with the, the help of Florentino Perez, are pushing this closed league. Yes, it's not going to be the domestic league, but it's, it's basically meant to replace the Champions League. And it, it's, just, it's just disgusting. I mean, the fans are ultimately the big losers in this whole thing. You know, if you are a fan of a club, yes, none of the German teams have and none of the French teams have uh, said they're going to join this Super League. But if you're a fan of one of those teams, that's, you know, if you're a Bayern fan, essentially, you're not going to get to play against the best teams in Europe because those other clubs are playing in this, you know, this stupid European Super League. So even if you do win the Champions League, if it still exists after this, then you you can't even really call yourself the champions of Europe because you're not playing against the best teams in the league. And ultimately, this is 
extremely damaging to the game in Europe, maybe the game as a whole, because it's been mentioned that any players that play in this Super League will not be able to play at the national level within Europe and they won't be able to play in the World Cup either. So imagine a World Cup without, I mean, we're going to have to get used to it anyway, but imagine World Cup without Ronaldo, without Messi, the 2022 World Cup without Ronaldo or Messi or Griezmann. You know, just just imagine that. Imagine no no Virgil van Dijk, no Mohamed Salah. You know, it's 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 crazy. No, no Timo Werner. You know, some of these these big names, no, no Christian Pulisic. He would not be able to play to represent the United States in the World Cup. You know, if we make it to the World Cup next year. The the whole thing is just it, it's it's I don't know. I just I see it as a total and complete money grab and no one is taking into account the the opinions, the thoughts of the fans. It's crazy. You know, I support Stuttgart through and through. They haven't played in Europe in, uh, what, almost 10 years now. Nine seasons. Played in the Europa League back in uh, so 2013. They were in the knockout stages of the, so eight years. They were in the knockout stages of the Europa League. But with this current system, they would essentially never be able to play in a European like club level championship because if there's only five slots that are going to open every year and none of those top teams can get relegated none of the founding teams forget top teams none of the founding teams could get relegated from it I mean how, how does that even work you know this is uh, I don't know Premier League sends so much money to the lower leagues. Yes, the pandemic has hurt all clubs at all levels in all countries. But I I don't see this as the way to, to fix it. Now, if they're just doing this as like a to have leverage to be able to get UEFA to, you know, bend to to their will so they can get more broadcast money or more prize money or merchandise, um, then it's working. But they ultimately, in the end, they're just creating a bunch of bad blood because some of these people that were on the European Club Association are also like executives for this Super League. So they were like talking out of both sides of their mouth, but they knew the plan the entire time for the Super League while their colleagues in the ECA or in UEFA had no idea. And then they blindside them with this. UEFA yesterday, or excuse me, today, uh, this is another reason why this Super League nonsense came out yesterday was because today UEFA was going to release its plan for the changes to the Champions League for 2024, to start in 2024. And now they're getting rid of the group stage. It's going to be one big league and of what, 36 teams total. You know, I've, I've told you guys on many occasions how much I love the group stage. They're getting rid of the group stages. Because greedy billionaires or centimillionaires are trying to change the game 
without the input of the fans or fans organizations. You know, the Champions League and Europa League are not perfect. And this Europa Conference League, you know, the systems are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But they're much better than a proposed Super League where no one essentially can get relegated. I just, I hate, I, I totally hate the concept of it. And I hope these FAs, I, I, I really do hope that they drop the hammer on, the, on some of these teams. You know, I would love to see these clubs take points deductions. Let's say this, this whole Super League thing collapses and then and they don't do it or whatever. I still want to see them take points deductions and get fined for even trying to come up with something like this you know this is like seceding from the union looking to choose south carolina this is like starting that you have to be punished afterwards because now a lot of those people aren't going to be able to be trusted because they're it's it's always going to seem like they're going to have some type of super league plan you know, on their mind and that they're going to be trying to undermine uh, UEFA and FIFA the entire time. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, this, this has been pissing me off because I've been on, you know, social media and the news all day waiting to see what's going to happen. And when UEFA released that plan, I was so, I was so upset. So upset. I get it. They want to make more money. I, I totally get it. Especially, you know, bouncing back from the pandemic, a lot of, a lot of teams <sighs> lost a lot of money had to lay off people, you know, but, uh, getting rid of the group stage, you wait for that's just a, that's a terrible, terrible move. And it's, I don't know, I'm still, I'm just upset about it, but I mean, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Um, I think right now the champions league and the Europa league are on hold. Uh, PSG are probably extremely excited about it because, you know, they haven't said anything about joining this proposed super league. Um, and they're in the semis, so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. So I just wanted to, uh, give you guys my thoughts on that. And, uh, you know, while they were like kind of fresh in my head, so this isn't, this isn't a normal beginning to the show, but, um, yeah. So now on to the rest of the show. Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's now Wednesday, and I can't believe you know how much has happened uh, since I recorded that a couple of days ago, sitting in my car at my son's uh, soccer practice. Um, I legitimately believed that when I recorded that, that it was going to be the end of uh, the Champions League and potentially, you know, competitions, club competitions in Europe, and maybe even you know, affecting the World Cup and the Euros and everything else. I thought that this, you know, this thing that happened was going to usher in some new type of, uh, you know, governing body potentially for, you know, not only at the continental level, but for, you know, football overall. You know, we know that FIFA is not perfect. UEFA is not perfect. There, there's been a lot of corrupt people in positions of influence and power in both of those organizations for the longest time. Um and it's kind of funny that, you know, fans kind of sided with UEFA and FIFA, um, you know, after this whole thing happened. 
Um, but I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm still really, really upset that these guys even tried this crap, you know. So now it's Wednesday, the 21st of April. The Super League has collapsed. The European Super League is no more. Uh, I guess as of this morning, the only clubs that are still in it that haven't made, you know, official like declarations to withdraw or whatever are uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid. And who knows, by the time I record this or by the time you guys listen to this, um, they may they may have pulled out and, you know, the Super League may just be completely dissolved and collapsed or whatever. Uh, but it, it's crazy how fast that happened. I remember waking up on Sunday and seeing this and, you know, the first couple of hours I just thought, oh, you know, whatever, they do this all the time, blah, blah, blah. But uh, come Monday, because of the stuff that uh, Florentino Perez was saying, I legitimately thought that... that you know, he was being so cocky with some of the stuff that he was saying. Um, I really thought that the Champions League was over. I thought that UEFA was going to go away. And, you know, I seriously thought that money was going to push out, you know, the desire of the fans and there was going to be no meritocracy in at least European football. You know, once this starts, you know, one place and then they topple FIFA or something like that. This would spread globally. This this guy, Florentino Perez, uh, the uh, what is he? The president of Real Madrid. This guy literally said he did an interview and said that he believed that, and with, without presenting any data, that kids um, or kids and young adults, I should say, from 16 to 24, were not watching football anymore the way that they were however long ago. I don't know. He, he didn't present any any concrete information, but he was saying that they're no longer watching the games anymore because it's boring or whatever. Then he was so bold that he said that the games are too long. He wanted to shrink the, 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 the games down from, you know, the standard 90 minutes plus to whatever. I don't know. And, you know, I was reading some stuff. I heard some people talking about we're in like a FIFA generation, FIFA the video game, where these young kids, they, they like their they like their football in doses. They want to be able to see a game, have it be really short, you know, so they get that instant gratification or whatever. And they don't have the attention span or the desire to sit around and watch a game for 90 minutes. And that this was some of the information that he was, you know, using to make a determination about the Super League. I thought that was crazy. Yes, I'm a little bit older. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my early 40s, barely. And for me, keep in mind though, I haven't been a consumer of the game for very long. Yes, like the '94 World Cup was like my first time being really exposed to it and watching full and complete games or whatever. Um, but it wasn't until I would say that I really, really, really started getting into football. It wasn't until probably 2010 that I was really invested into it. So, I mean, you know, that's going on 12 years or whatever. And, you know, yes, I'm older. I have time. I don't have friends. I'm not on social. <laughs> I have friends, but I'm not like a teenager where I have to, you know, still discover things and social media is all that important and, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm an adult. I have time to sit down. But what I'm saying is I, I wasn't, I haven't been watching it my entire life. You know, so I was essentially in my 30s before I really got really, really, really hardcore invested in the game like the way that I am now. I mean, 
you guys are listening to me talk now. So obviously, you know, you see how how much I have, how much love I have for the game. But these kids, keep in mind, this is the most popular game in the world. And in the United States, where I'm from, it's the most popular sport for kids up until like the age of 12. And that's only because kids start playing other sports, boys specifically start playing other sports. But to seriously suggest changing the the length of the games that that was just that was a bridge too far i mean that that's crazy that to me that's crazy talk but this guy was so cocky he he seriously thought he was saying uefa's monopoly over things is over you know he he really thought that he was going to him and you know this little conglomerate of people were going to be able to take down uefa and ultimately fifa and I'm not gonna lie, like I said, I was I was scared for a little bit. I was I was genuinely worried that that this was really gonna happen. You know, I think that one of the reasons that they've been getting so bold about this too is, and you know, COVID kind of helped out. the The Club World Cup was supposed to be happening in a couple of months, and if it wasn't for COVID, it would be happening. But because the Euros and the Copa America got pushed back. That's the only reason why we're not having the Club World Cup. So I think that if COVID hadn't happened, they would have tried to make this move earlier. And, you know, yes, COVID has hurt a lot of teams financially. It, it really has. You know, some of these lower level clubs in, in, in England and in Europe in general, and I'm sure it's happening in South America, Asia, you know, we're just not hearing about it as much. These, these clubs are struggling. They've had to cancel entire seasons. I'm surprised, you know, I moved here last year. San Antonio FC, the team that's the closest to me right now, they're, they're, they play in the USL, which is like the second tier of, of American football, and they just canceled games, and then they, they found a way to modify the season, probably, I think it was in like July, end of July or August last year, but I'm surprised that they were able to, to hold on. I mean, I'm glad, but everybody's hurting, and this, this guy, and it's not just him. It's Agnelli from Juventus, and then it's the Glazers. It's it's Kroenke. Uh, it, it's the, you know the Man City owner. You know it's it's Abramovich. All these people, I get it. They're motivated by money, whatever. But ultimately, the fans won out anyway, because the customer is always right. But we're fans. We're not customers. We just happen in in some cases to pay for access to to this game to be able to watch it to be able to sit and enjoy it but we're not customers but in this in this case the fan i will say is always right because if we leave or if we don't decide to latch on to whatever product they were going to try to sell us they have nothing right now the winner of the champions league gets 120 million euros i believe for winning the champions league they were saying that the winner of the Super League was going to get 400 million euros guaranteed per year. So you have these 12 rich clubs and you have, you know, an additional three. I think they were hoping for Bayern, PSG and Dortmund to join them. And then they were going to have those rotating five, which is just stupid. Um, and like, like Pep Guardiola said, <laughs> You're taking away the meaning of sport if you're like guaranteeing success by having a closed league that you're going to allow five people to come in 
But if Arsenal or whoever finishes on the bottom of the league, they still get to come back. But those five teams that you invited in, they wouldn't get to come back. That That's crazy. We're performance would essentially performance would, would mean nothing for those other 15 clubs and that's that's where the whole closed league thing comes in so here's the thing yes here in the united states the mls is a closed league and it, it's super expensive to be able to to get into that to, to have an expansion team to buy a team to be able to get into the league we don't have promotion and relegation in the mls in the united states the nfl the National Football League, American football here in the U.S., it's a closed league. The only way that you're going to get into that league is to either buy a team or hope for expansion. But right now, expansion is completely off the table. You have a better chance of moving a team from one city to another than expansion. Because right now, the league is close to perfect as you know the way that they, they want it. 32 teams. You have two conferences, 16 teams each. Four divisions each conference that's like perfect but the difference is yes close the league but the difference is there's a lot of parity there because the worst teams in the league the teams that don't make the playoffs have the worst record in the nfl same thing with the nba nhl even mls same thing baseball too as far as i know there is the draft so if you have the worst record you get to pick the first player to come into the league, the first new player to come into the league from college or from you know outside the country or however they're gonna do it. They don't have that here, or excuse me here. They don't have that in essentially any other football league in the world. I'm talking about global football, not American football. So that's where that parity comes in. That that that's like the consequence of having a closed league. But if you don't have something like that, it's it completely what what is the point what is the point what what's the point of a team from i don't know from ireland or the scottish league they're not going to be able to get into this this crazed super league they wouldn't be able to do it it'd be first off i guarantee you that those other five spots that they were talking about for the super league i guarantee you they were going to go to the top five countries in Europe. They were going to go to England, Germany, France, Spain, Italy. Guaranteed. And there'd be no way for a team from the Czech Republic or Austria, Switzerland, Portugal even, the Netherlands, Denmark, to get into that competition. And then you're completely closing it off. Why? Because you want more money guaranteed. You want to have the ability to, I guess, stay rich. You know, I don't know how much money, how much debt, you know, each one of these clubs has those those original 12 that we're planning on on going. I'm sure it's considerable, but everybody's hurting because of covid, not just them. And and the, the fact that they had the audacity to try to do something like that. To the point where governments were going to get involved. I didn't read the article, but there was something about Boris Johnson who, you know, I try to keep politics out of this, but Boris Johnson is not a whole lot of people's favorite person. But people love football. Fans love football. 
How are you gonna how are you gonna have a league where you're like, oh hey, we're breaking away, completely breaking away, but we still wanna have these teams for these teams to have the ability to compete in their own domestic leagues. How are you gonna do that? That it's it's just it's so disrespectful. So disrespectful. But I will say that yesterday I got a lot of joy out of first seeing Petacek. He was trying to get into like the Chelsea offices or something. Fans were blocking him. And, you know, he's he's kind of yelling to the fans, hey, let these people get inside. We're, we're trying to figure out what, what's going on and, and yada, yada. And then it was like as soon as they got into the building, I think it was like 20, 30 minutes later, well, at least from the time that I saw it, I get a news flash, a breaking news alert or whatever saying Chelsea is planning on leaving the Super League. And then I thought, OK, that that's not really... It's starting to fall apart a little bit, but that doesn't one team doesn't mean anything. And then 20, 30 minutes later, I think it was Arsenal, I think, was was planning on leaving. And then once two teams are gone, that was it. I knew I knew it was over at that point. I knew that the Super League was never going to play a game once two teams, especially two teams from the quote unquote big six from England. Once they leave, that's it. It's over. You know, because then you're going to have to start. To try to replace them. I mean, you're going to have to start taking either teams from other leagues. And by that point, fans had already gotten to the point where, you know, there were teams from leagues that had nothing to do with the Super League that were condemning the league. So once you start losing your, your founders, there's there's nothing you can do. You're not, you're not getting back. You're not getting back that momentum that you had, that cockiness that Perez had. You're not getting that back at all once that happens. Now, I will say this. The one thing that kind of upset me um, is that now the Champions League in 2024, UEFA announced their uh, their proposal to, to get to change it, getting rid of the group stages. Now, it's just one big league with 36 teams and these same people that were talking out of one side of their mouth and then going to UEFA and, you know, telling them what they want for these changes for the Champions League, they ended up getting what they wanted. Now they have, instead of 32 teams in the group stage, well, there's no more group stage, but instead of just having 32 teams, there's going to be 36. And four of those teams are going to be, I forget what the term is that they use, but they're going to be like like legacy, legacy spots, basically, based on your performance in previous UEFA competitions, which I think is garbage. I, you know, in in the Mexican league, they they have something kind of similar, but it's based on like the last thirty six months of performances or whatever. They use some weird formula or number to come up with it. But these guys ended up getting what they wanted. They they didn't get exactly what they wanted, but they still got UEFA to make changes. And now nobody's even really talking about that anymore because the Super League collapsed and. UEFA put this thing out the next day, but because people were so outraged with this attempted coup that no one's even talking about the changes that that UEFA made to something that, in my personal opinion, was fine. You know, they want guaranteed. I think now they're saying that each team, those 36 teams is guaranteed to play at least 10 matches. Increasing revenue. But before you were only guaranteed six matches. If you made it to the group stage. Now they're guaranteed 10. 
but there's no more group stage. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great that, uh, that they increased the amount of the amount of teams in it. I think that, you know, adding more teams is always good. The problem that I have is that if Manchester City finishes, I don't know, 12th in the Premier League because they have an off season or whatever, they could still get into the Champions League based on how they played in the past. Which I think is which I think is crazy. I don't know, but it's yeah, but like I said, no one is talking about that right now. And in addition to that, what's really crazy is that now the Champions League is still going on next week. Of the of the four teams that are in the semis, only one of them was not a part of this crazy uh, Super League mess. And that was Paris, Paris Saint-Germain, the only team. The other three teams, Real Madrid, ironically, Man City, and Chelsea. And what's crazy is imagine if, I don't see it happening, but imagine if Man City, or not Man City, excuse me, imagine if Real Madrid wins the Champions League now. Perez gets that $120 million as president of Real Madrid. How crazy is that? His team is still in it, even though he tried to destroy the Champions League. Me personally, I think there should be some type of deduction. I think that if you were in that group of 12, you should not be able to play any UEFA competitions next year. I think you should have to sit out for one season because you tried to destroy the integrity of the game. That's just me. I think they should ban them for one season from European competition. And, they, and they, those teams should consider themselves lucky that that's all they get. That there's no domestic points reductions or automatic relegations or something like that. They should all have to sit out for one season from European competitions. Now, you know, luckily for Arsenal and Tottenham, that's not going to matter because they would automatically be sitting out because they're not, they're not doing well this year. But the rest of those guys, they should all have to sit out. They should not be allowed to play in any UEFA competitions whatsoever. And I, I, I would even put that on the Club World Cup, too. Let's say that Manchester United or any of those other teams besides Paris wins the, the Champions League this year. They should not be able to play in the, the Club World Cup in December. I, I honestly believe because now because there ultimately now is no penalty except for whatever the fans are going to bring to these these individual clubs. And no matter what, the fans are still fans of the club. Yes, they may hate the owner, but they're still going to support the players. As soon as you know we're allowed back into into stadiums and arenas, we're going to go because we've been missing it because of COVID. So as soon as they open this back up, we're going to be back right up in there buying scarves, buying jerseys, supporting our teams. And it's crazy that that these twelve owners or groups or whatever that they took took that for granted. You know, and as an American, I don't like Liverpool. I really don't. But as an American, you had American owners, Manchester United, Liverpool, and Arsenal that were a part of this. LeBron James, he's a part owner of Liverpool. I want to know what LeBron knew. What did he know 
Or is he going to say, oh, I didn't know anything about this? How? Who's his agent, Maverick Carter? What did he know? You know, I really, 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 truly want to know that. And I want to know what he's thinking now. Unfortunately, in this country, we have a whole lot of other issues that are going on right now. So football is not, or even sports in general, is not a big, you know, it's not something that's in the front of people's heads because we got some social justice issues that are that are going on in this country. But I, I really, I really do want to know that. What did he know? And when did he know it? So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I'm not I'm not going to be even talking about any scores or anything like that this week, because that that right there was by far the biggest, uh, you know, stories for for the for the week. You know, it's only Wednesday. Um, you know, but we got some games coming up this weekend. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it is in all of those domestic leagues. I want to see how fans um uh, you know fans are still pissed they're still pissed yes we won this round but are they ever going to try something like this again and I, i'm pretty sure that they will but uh we we got lucky this time the fans the fans actually united and were able to uh to prevent this from happening so yeah all right y'all that's that's all i got for for this week I want to thank you guys for listening. Just keep in mind how close we came. You know, if you don't follow football in Europe, I get it. But uh, this is something that would have completely affected the world game. It was only a matter of time. But luckily, we were able to, you know, to witness the fans sort of taking control and, you know, not allowing this to happen. But, uh, yeah, you guys take care of yourselves. Take care of your masks. Or wash your mask. <laughs> Take care of your families and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And um, I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye.